Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Last week we started a series titled Hacked. And we talked about how important it is for us to protect our meeting place with God. And the title of the message yesterday was Who's in Your Garden? Because the Garden of Eden was a place that God prepared for Adam and Eve to be blessed, to be provided for, but most of all, to meet with him. And the enemy slipped in, and they got hacked, and they started to hear voices, and they started to receive suggestions in that special place that was meant for them and God that they needed to be rejecting. How many know it's up to us to reject the voice of the enemy? It's up to us to keep him out of our private place. We have to resist the enemy so that he will flee. We have to resist the demonic suggestions. And so today we're going to kind of take it even uh, a step further. It's, it, it is a, a part two of really protecting the meeting place, which is crucial and powerful to your life and to mine. This is for everyone because the enemy of our soul is after all of us. And so, so what we're going to do very quickly is take a, a fresh uh, 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 look again at what does it mean to be hacked. So just kind of in the regular worldly sense, hacking takes place when someone's personal digital property is infiltrated with malicious intent. It takes place when someone gains unauthorized access to data in a system. Okay, now spiritually speaking, spiritual hacking takes place when the devil gains access to the private places. Everyone say private places. Spiritual hacking takes place when the devil gains access to the private places that were created for our communion and blessing from God. There is a place available to you and to me every day, actually all day, that is for us and God. And if we will protect that place, and if we will honor that place, and if we will seek God from that place and keep the devil out, we will be blessed, we will be provided for, but the enemy wants to attack that place. And we need to realize that he's going after us. And here's, here's what happens. When the devil gets to those private places, he poisons and he steals. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full, but he wants to poison and steal. That's what the enemy is doing now and all the time. And what we have to understand today, this is how we're taking it further, is that spiritual hacking takes attacks the private place in order to shape our choices and decisions. You see, the enemy can't make you do something but he will attack you, he will tempt you so that you will make the wrong choice, the wrong decision. That's his plan. The enemy is crafty, but he's not more powerful than Christ in you. We don't have to listen to him. How many would say amen? But we must be aware of him. We have to be able to tell the difference between one voice and another. He will tempt us. Look at what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. In other words, everyone gets tempted. Every single one of us. It comes at everyone. It says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, and by the way, it's not a sin to be tempted. Some people, the minute you feel temptation, you feel bad. Well, guess what? That's the devil. 
is not the temptation. It's what you do with the temptation. You understand? And he tempts you, and then he criticizes you for being tempted. He's so deceitful and crafty. It says, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. How many know we can endure it? We can make it. We can walk in the power of Jesus. Come on, put your hands together. If you want to say, yes, Lord, I believe. We can walk in victory. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in peace. We can walk in joy. It is available to the children of God. But we still have to resist temptation. We have to understand that this is a battle. It's a battle that we need to fight. So Satan is trying to get you and I to choose what's wrong and what's sinful. Now, what we're going to do right now is we're going to, today, the the focus of our text is actually Genesis chapter 15, but I'm going to start in Genesis 13. And the reason that we're doing that is that Genesis 13 will set up this second hacking attempt. So we're going to talk, we're going to look at another moment where the enemy tries to hack. He tries to get in and steal and poison in the private places of God. But now Genesis chapter 13 is going to bring us to a moment of choice. And what you're going to see here in Genesis chapter 13 is that Abraham, the father of faith, and his nephew Lot, they were, they were trying to follow the will of God Abraham was trying to follow God. Lot went with Abraham, was following Abraham. They were both herdsmen. They took their families with them. And God was blessing them both so much that their, and their, their, their herds were multiplying so much that there was, this, there was this kind of tension that started to build between um, uh, Abraham's guys who took care of all of the flocks and, and Lot's people. And they started to quarrel because they started to fight over the water and they started to fight over the grazing land and all of the above. And so a choice needed to be made. And so here's what happens. I'm taking you right into uh, Genesis chapter 13. You're going to see how this applies to us. Okay, it says, Then Abram said to Lot, We are relatives. Your men and my men shouldn't be quarreling. So let's separate. Choose any part of the land you want. You go one way, I'll go the other. Lot looked around and saw that the whole Jordan Valley all the way to Zoar had plenty of water like the garden of the Lord or the land of Egypt. So now everybody look at me for a moment. This is very important. I've been, I've been reading the Bible for like 40 years now. I've read this many, many times. I miss this verse. I never, I never, uh, it's like, it's like the Lord put a flashlight on it recently and said, oh, snap. So let me read it one more time, okay? It says, Lot looked around, time to choose. Lot looked around and saw that the whole Jordan Valley all the way to Zoar had plenty of water like the garden of the Lord, the Garden of Eden, or like the land of Egypt. Now this was before the Lord had destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. The cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were over here in Zoar. Okay? So, when Lot looked, Lot looks with his eyes, and what he sees is land covered with water, great for his flocks, Some of it looked like the garden of the Lord. Some of it looked like the land of Egypt. The problem was, is he didn't know 
what was what. Because Egypt represents bondage and slavery. The garden of the Lord represents paradise. But see, what he does is he looks with his eyes. Okay? How many know if you just choose with your eyes, you just can't tell the future? I want you to notice that Abraham, being older, being the leader, didn't say, I'm going to choose what's best for me first. Abraham didn't choose anything. Okay? He says, Lot, you choose. And he chose with his eyes. Now, let's keep reading. Okay? So Lot chose the whole Jordan Valley for himself and moved away toward the east. That is how the two men parted. Abram, Abram stayed in the land of Canaan and settled among the cities, okay, in the valley and camped near Sodom, whose people were wicked and sinned against the Lord. He was near it, but he wasn't in it. Guess where Lot went? Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah, where the people were wicked and sinned against the Lord. But let's keep going. After Lot had left, the Lord said to Abram, okay, now watch this. Okay, so God says, Lot, uh, Abram says to Lot, Lot, you choose. Lot chooses with his eyes. Abram says, I'm not choosing until the Lord speaks to me. I need a word from God. I'm not moving until the Lord sends me. I want the guidance of God. I want the blessing of God. I want the protection of God. I'm not choosing. I want God to choose. You see the difference? So, so what, Lot, what Abraham does is he waits. He waits. And it says, after Lot had left, the Lord said to Abram, see, this is the private place. This is where you want to be. This is what's available to each and every one of us. You can choose your, with your eyes or God could choose for you. What do you want today? Do you want God choose to choose for you? I want God to choose for me. Anybody want God to choose for you? Hallelujah. Look at what he says to Abram. From where you are, look carefully in all directions. I'm going to give you and your descendants all the land that you see, and it will be yours forever. So here you have a classic example of someone who's directed by God and someone who's directed by Satan and the flesh. And here you have Lot, who chose with his eyes instead of choosing by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, I need to, I need to say this. You see, because here's what happens as a result of this choice. As a result of this choice, at Genesis chapter 14, then uh, uh, they came and they literally took uh, Lot uh, and kidnapped his family. Abraham goes to save him. Lot went back again. Lot ended up having a disaster of a life. He was a righteous man. The Bible says that Lot was a righteous man. You could be a righteous man. You could be a righteous woman. But if you choose with your eyes, instead of being led by the Holy Spirit, things will not go well. So he chooses with his eyes. Can I tell you what happened? His wife was ruined. His wife ended up turning into a pillar of salt. Both of his daughters participated in incest. It was an absolute disaster of a life. Why do righteous people end up in a mess? It's because we don't let God choose for us. In the name of Jesus, if you're listening, let God choose. God's choice is the best. God's choice is the way we want to go. Hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord is is where God chooses. We need to let God choose for us. And I need to say one other thing 
before we get into this because uh, um, I, I've really prayed for you a lot this week. You know, I have prayed for you a lot this week. You're watching online, I've prayed for you. We pray for you all the time. And you know what, we've been praying about this very thing. Honestly, I've been in the ministry going on 30 years. I don't know that I've ever seen more Christians hacked than I have in the last two years. If I were just to be honest with you. I've never seen people more misdirected, more misaligned, uh, uh, more misguided ever in my life. And can I tell you something? This message places a responsibility on every child of God here. Because last week we talked about the fact that the way the enemy will, will trick people is he gets you away from God's government, God's word, God's people. But there's a challenge I want to put in front of you. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And what that means is, if you're a good friend to someone, and they're choosing with their eyes, they're being led by the flesh, you need to speak up. You know what, there are spouses, a wife or a husband. Why didn't Lot's wife say, honey, are you sure about this? Honey, did you pray about this? Did you hear from God? Right? Sometimes, and I see this all the time, we don't want to be on the wrong side of someone that we love. And we're afraid of a, of a gracious but, but important confrontation. And so we chicken out and we let people make decisions. We don't even agree with them. But if you love someone, you'll tell them the truth. We have to save each other from making bad decisions. We have to help each other. Come on, take your place in the kingdom of God and tell the truth to somebody who needs it. Be a godly friend. Be a godly spouse. And say, man, maybe we should stop and pray. See, because here's what I've, I've seen this over the years. I'm going to say this again. Okay. Once people choose strong in the flesh, they have a real hard time getting into the spirit. If you read this story, it's crazy. He chooses wrong, chapter 13. Chapter 14, he gets kidnapped. Abraham saves him. Chapter 15, goes back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? You see, the worst thing we could do is get into the habit of being led by our eyes. So help us, Lord. Help us. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Lord, all service already, the Lord has been saying, just surrender and resurrender. Just let me guide you. How many know God sees what's around the corner? What looks like the Garden of Eden could really be Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why we have to hear from the Lord. How many would say amen? amen? Okay. So now, so now I want to read from Genesis chapter 15. Okay. And we're going to like zero in on another attempted hacking. You see, he didn't even have to hack Lot because Lot wasn't praying. The Bible doesn't say that Lot prayed. We had a, a fantastic guest speaker here on Tuesday, spoken Spanish, we had a powerful service. And he talked about the impact of prayerlessness. I think one of the things he says, the Bible never records Lot praying. You see? And so, but, but we're going to look at how the enemy continues. He's relentless in his attack on our private places. Okay, now Genesis chapter 15. And by the way, I'm going to say one thing. I said this earlier. I need to say this again. You know, in the schools of preaching, they say, number one, preach simple. Number two, preach short. Because people can't listen and uh, people are simple. And I say, no way, not my people. Amen. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Concentrate. This message requires your heart and your mind. 
and it's important. We need to listen. The Bible says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So let's pay attention, okay? Don't text anybody. I see you sometimes going like this. You better stop it right now. Checking your social media. Are you kidding me? Uh-oh, come on, let's just keep on going. Let's, let's be nice, right? Stop it with all of that and let's focus in on the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you for that strong, emphatic amen. Muchas gracias, right? So, Okay, Genesis chapter 15. See, we talked about the way Lot chose. Now it says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. So let me just say this. This is where you want to be. You want to be in the place, not where you're choosing, but where God is making promises to you. Where God is speaking into your life and saying, this is what I'm going to do for you. How many know God has a promise for his children? God has a guidance for his children. This is where we want to be. This is the private place right here. This is the private place. This is where we want to be. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. Now, here's what's awesome about, about your prayer life. What's awesome about your prayer life is that you can always be honest with God. That's, it's a two-way street. You talk to God talks to you, you talk to God. And look, he's honest. He's saying, Lord, you're making me this promise, but I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a child. You've blessed me so much, but I want to pass this on. This is what was in his heart. But let's keep going. Watch what God says. And Abram said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Where do you want to be? You want to be where the word of the Lord comes, in the private place. The word of the Lord will come if you wait. If you're patient, if you seek him, you'll find him. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. But a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Doesn't matter how old your wife is. Doesn't matter how you are. Doesn't matter what the obstacles are. When the Lord declares his word over your life, it will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. It will be fulfilled. So he takes him outside and said, look up at the sky. Count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more beyond anything we can ever ask or imagine. That's the God that we serve. If we get the word of the Lord, if we receive in the private place, if we say, God, you choose for me. I don't want to choose for myself. We have no idea the blessing, the glory, the power that we will see with our own eyes. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's where you want to be. Where God is promising and speaking. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. Abram said, yes, I trust you, God. And you said it, and because you said it, I believe it, and I will wait for it. That's where you want to be, brothers and sisters, where you just receive the word of the Lord. A little bit more. There's so much to this. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to take possession. And I'm going to give you children and land. But Abram says, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Right here, just finished. 
He, he, he had just finished fighting a battle over land and all kinds of stuff. So the Lord said to him, bring me, okay, listen to this. God says to Abraham, and God doesn't need anything, but he says to Abraham, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these things to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite of each other. The birds, however, hold it right here, he did not cut in half. Now, I just want to say this real quickly. Imagine a runway. This is the way, this is what he was asking him to do, just so that you understand. And when you go home and read this chapter, all of it, you'll have a better imagery. So he cuts the animals in half, and he makes, it's a bloody runway, but he makes like a runway, one piece here, one piece here, one piece here, one piece here, one piece here. And there are all of these pieces, carcasses. And back in that day, when two men made a covenant, they would do the same thing. They would cut the animals up and they would walk. One man would walk from one side, another person would walk and they would meet in the middle. They would take off a sandal and they would hand that sandal to the other person. What they were saying, they would do this at the city gate often. And when they made a kind of a business deal, they were saying, if I don't keep my word and you have proof that I've made this because you've got my sandal. If I don't keep my word, may what happened to these carcasses happen to me. By the way, this is where we get marriage from. When someone makes a covenant at the altar, it's basically saying, I will keep my word before God. Thank God for the New Testament, and God is way more merciful than that. But, but the origin of it is from this. Now, in this particular case, right, God says to Abraham, cut those animals, and no one is going to walk through except God. So what God was doing is saying, I am about to confirm my promise to you. There is no two-person deal. It's just me. How many know when God declares something over our lives, he will keep his word? Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, Lord. So we're almost done with the, with the text, not with the sermon. We're almost done. Now watch this a little bit more. And this is the new hacking attempt. You ready? So he lays it all down, and then the Bible says, then birds of prey, everyone say birds of prey. <laughs> then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. So here's how it looks. There's the runway. He prepares the offering, and then Abram stands on the side like this. He would eventually fall asleep, but he stands on the side, and he watches. And when he offers that up, right, guess what happens? Birds come. You know? And what the birds want to do is they want to take pieces of the offering. They want to steal. They want to contaminate. But Abram, they want to hack what's being offered to God. They want to hack it. And you see, not only does the devil get into your garden, but sometimes right when God is about to confirm the greatest thing he wants to do in your life, guess what the enemy does? He sends the birds of prey. The title of my message today is Chase Away the Birds. Everybody say, I want to chase away the birds. Yes, we do. Because we don't want to be so close and be offering something so special to God and still get hacked. So is, this is not, in a sense, a sermon for baby Christians. But you know what? The devil doesn't treat you like a baby. So whether you like it or not, you need to listen up. Amen. Let's lift our hands right now and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. 
for all of my brothers and sisters. I thank you for everyone that's watching online. And Father, I pray that you would teach us, Lord, how to chase away the birds. I pray that the enemy would not steal at the last moment the things that we offer to you. I pray that when you're confirming, oh God, your plan and your purposes in our lives, in the lives of every brother and sister here, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we resist the enemy. I pray that no one would be hacked here, oh God, and that no one's offering would be tainted or contaminated or stolen, but Lord, that we would press through to your confirmation, that we would press through to your fulfillment and power, oh God. So God, bless, Lord, our hearts, our homes, our future, our decisions, our choices. Deliver us from every hacking attempt in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do right now is we're just going to look um, at kind of, in a sense, the two key things to resist the hacking. Okay, it's funny how Satan is relentless. You know, Satan keeps coming at you. And what Satan goes after is the private place. Everyone say the private place. I need to say that again. Everyone here, you should have a prayer closet. Everyone here, you should have a place where you meet with God on a consistent basis. That's what God wants. That's what he's drawn to. Okay? And you see that he tries to get in there. So here's the two ways that we chase away the birds. Number one, you have to know where your breakthrough is. You have to become absolutely convinced where the breakthrough, the blessing, the miracle, the glory, and the power, where it comes from. You see, Lot sought the breakthrough with his eyes. Abram sought the breakthrough in the private place. You have to understand that the special things that you really want the kingdom things, the supernatural things that you really want and actually can have from God, you get them in the private place. You see, as long as the enemy can keep you from developing a real prayer life, okay, as long as he can keep you from, he loves when you come to church for an hour and 30 minutes. And if we go a little late, you're like, man, I get extra points for that 10 minutes I gave the Lord. Right? He loves when that's it. He loves that. Because he brought you here, the, the Lord brought you here so you could take what's happening here and build on it. How many of you, we're supposed to build on time together. We're supposed to build on worship. We're supposed to keep on seeking God. But if you go and you wait till next week, you're not understanding what's available. You've got to become convinced that it doesn't matter how much effort you put. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You're not smart enough. You're not gifted enough not to attain the special things, the powerful things, the issues, uh, uh, the, the blessings and the graces of fulfillment. That only comes from the uh, private place. Doesn't come from any place else. So you have to know where your breakthrough is and you have to say, I don't want to choose with my eyes. I don't want to choose with my eyes. My prayer for you is that you would learn to be led by God. In 2022, I forget every year what year it is. <laughs> right? It is possible to hear the voice of God. It is possible to be led by the Spirit of God. How many know the Bible promises they that are the sons and daughters of God will be led by the Spirit of God? Anybody here want to be led by the Spirit of God? It is possible. But he, he wants to keep you from the enemy, from the private place, and you need to be confirmed in your heart. Nothing will steal my time with Jesus. 
See, look, I said this before. I want to say this again. When our convictions are born in the flesh, we will argue away the truths from the Spirit. So look, I've seen this so many times that when someone, instead of hearing from God, they hear with their eyes and their flesh. There's something that gets inside of them and they feel so sure and so strong. Do you know how many times all of us pastors, but do you know how many times we will say to someone, that does not bear witness. You know, why? Because it goes against the Bible. Why? Because it's a departure from wisdom. Why? But, but something can get inside of someone and they will miss the will of God and the plan of God. And you can always tell when someone's been in the private place. You know, in the first service, Chrissy actually handed the mic to, uh, yeah, how old is she? 12? He handed the mic to a 12-year-old, and um, it was, it was uh, so interesting because, so she takes, so it was, talk about pressure. So Chrissy started praying, and then she turns around and hands the mic to a 12-year-old. And guess what? She didn't skip a beat. She took the mic and she prayed down heaven. It was powerful. But here's, here's what was revealed. What was revealed is that there's a fluency that comes from familiarity. You see? She wasn't stumbling. She wasn't acting like this is the first time that she's ever prayed. She was, she was praying like she always prays. You see? She... You know that little girl goes to the private place. How many know we want all of those little babies going to the private place? How many would say amen? But you have to know where the breakthrough is and so that you don't chase the wrong things. In other words, look, every one of us, let me give you an example. When Chrissy and I were, were on um, sabbatical, we were in Florida for part of it, and my oldest daughter, Susie, came to visit us, and she brought my oldest grandson, Wesley, who's about seven, or was at least seven at that time. And, um, and we actually went to a pool. Man, I hadn't been in a pool, I don't know how many years, like, it feels like 15 years I haven't been in a pool. But anyway, I went to a pool with my grandson, and it turns out that he had taken a few swimming lessons and was, according to Susie, struggling a little bit. So I get in the pool with him and um, started to give him whatever little pointers I could. And all of a sudden, Wesley turned into like a fish. Like he was swimming underwater from one side of the pool to another. He was like doing flips. And first it was one, then two, then four. And I mean, he was just doing all kinds of things. We were throwing quarters in and he was swimming to the bottom and grabbing the quarter on the bottom. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, well, he was having a hard time. I have no idea. But, but here's the thing. Here's, here's what he said to me. He goes, he says, Grandpa, he said, uh, this is one of the best days of my life. Listen, he said, he said, Six Flags, Disney World, and today. I'll never forget this day, Grandpa. He goes, this is one of the best days of my life, right? And so, so I'm like, wow, that was a lot, man. I was like... Glad I could be here, you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll talk about this next week at Father's Day, but let's keep going here. But here's what I would say. You see, for a child, that's what it is. But for us, we should all be able to say, the best days of my life are moments in the private place. You see, what we should be able to say is, I remember the day that God spoke to me. And that day when God made that promise to me, that was one of the best days of my life. 
You see, our lives can actually be upheld. If they could send me a keyboard player. Our lives could be upheld and supported, not by the experiences and the circumstances, and I went here and I did there. No, there's something better. There are moments in the private place that we have God that absolutely set us on fire. How many know there are promises that God wants to make? There are things that he wants to do just between you and him that are so beautiful and so wonderful that you will say there's nothing better than being in the presence of my God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Any person, I'm telling you, any person on the planet, any child of God on this planet that will reach out to him. Right, I was, I was in Africa and I heard this song. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. You could be in the darkest ghetto. You could be in the most posh neighborhood in this country. You could be on the highest mountain. You could be in the darkest, deepest valley. You could be in the forest. You could be in the desert. You could be by any place that a child of God will say, it's in you, Lord, and reach up. He is as close as the mention of his name. He will be right there. He will hear your cry. He will reach out to you. He will bless you and protect you and watch over you. One person who says, God, it's in you. He will not let you down. Any heart. Imagine, single mom today. And we will never settle for less. We know there's more that's found in you. And we will never settle for less. We know there's more that's found in wherever you are. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Imagine being able to have an audience with the King of Glory. Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Any person, go for a walk today and reach out to him. You got to know, you got to know where your breakthrough is. You got to know where the real blessing of God upon your family, upon your children, upon your marriage, upon your career. There's careers and then there's careers that are blessed by the living God with the hand of God upon. That's the kind of career we want. Amen. That's what we want from the Lord. Where's your breakthrough? It's in the private place with God. It's in the private place. So you have to understand, don't let him hack the private place. Don't get distracted. Guard what God is doing. This, look, so the title of today's message is Chase Away the Birds. Why? Because when you offer something to God, that's when it gets even worse. And this brings me to the second, last point. When you start to press into God, the second key factor to not being hacked is you have to guard the offering. Everyone say, guard the offering. He cuts up the animals, and then he watches. He's watching. He's waiting. He's waiting. And he knows that the birds of prey will come. What is a bird of prey? A bird of prey is anything, everybody say anything, 
or anyone. Everybody say anyone. Anything or anyone that hinders your offering to God, that is a bird of prey. Some people can be real birds of prey. They're taking you away from God. They're talking you out of being in the presence of God. They, they are, 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 are used to get you in the flesh. They, they, they are awakening all the wrong stuff. Bad company corrupts good morals. No one is exempt. Hang. My mom used to say, tell me who you hang with and I'll tell you who you are. Amen, we're gonna. Some people are like birds of prey. They fuel gossip. They fuel anger. They don't speak the Bible to you. They speak gossip. They speak filth. They speak dirty jokes. They speak sexual immorality. They speak, they speak anger. They speak rage and on and on and on and stoking the fires of the very worst in you. That's a bird of prey. What they're trying to do is what they're, they don't even recognize sometimes. They're being used by the enemy to get you to forget what you offered to God that morning. What you said, this is what I'm going to be about. Stay away from people that bring you trouble. Love them. Tell them the truth. But you don't have to hang with them. You're better off being alone than hanging with, with a bird of prey. There's, there, are, there are things, there are things that we get so attached to and it taints the offering. Let me take this, almost done, but look. So birds of prey are satanic intruders, okay? Birds of prey are satanic intruders sent to interfere, sent to interfere with our obedience, our worship, our watching and waiting for God. You see? And so, and look, anyone who gets serious about seeking God, I'm going to tell you right now, you get up in the morning, you start to read your Bible, can I borrow your Bible a second? Come on, right? This is beautiful. How old are you? 23. Come on, let's praise God for a 23-year-old bringing the Bible to church. Come on. So I heard, I read this many, many years ago. A great man of God once said, um, I just determined... I won't, when I get up in the morning, I won't talk to any other person. I won't read a newspaper. Um, this was probably in the 1600s, but even back then he said, I won't go on Instagram. <laughs> or Facebook. Amen. He said, I won't do any of those things. I will talk to God first. Amen. I will hear from the Lord first. Speak to me, Lord. Oh, that you would, I, just be hungry to hear the Lord talk to you. Go home and say, God, I'm hungry to hear your voice. He will not let you down. And as you do, just know the birds are coming. You ever notice you start reading the Bible, you get sleepy? You just, you just, what in the world? How, I was awake like three minutes ago. I was like, just got off the phone. Yeah, praise God. You know, worry. You start to, you, you start to read your Bible and you start getting flooded with worry, flooded with negativity remembering that terrible thing that was done to you. Bitterness being inflamed inside of you. We got to chase away the birds and say, no, 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 no. I know what I've offered to God. That life 
that life is the most powerful life. Thank you. That life is the, you know, last service I climbed back up and I was like. <laughs> so. I'd be at home going, honey. <laughs> so. That's the life. I'm telling you right now. Just get close to the Lord. Mom, dad, single person. Okay? We all have the same amount of time. There's 24 hours in a day. Give God your first and best. And chase away the birds. Don't let anything mess with your time with God. And watch what the King of glory will do in you and through you. Listen, there's a, I read this many, many years ago. I wanna, I wanna leave this quote with you. In the hidden life of prayer. The life of prayer is, is simple, if not always easily secured. It consists particularly, here's the three things that you need of a quiet place, everyone say quiet place. quiet place. A quiet hour, everybody say quiet hour. Quiet. And a quiet heart, everyone. Quiet. quiet place, quiet hour, quiet heart. Bring that to God day after day after day. And watch, his kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth through your life as it is in heaven. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Come on, somebody say amen.